0: You're listening to episode
1: 58. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand And I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it. And I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So get ready for amazing coaching tips family to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Remember to subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, so that you don't miss an episode. It's Davis Mutawa here, your host. Very, very excited to bring you today's featured guest, Mr. Dinesh Agarwal. Dinesh, welcome to the Business Generals Podcast.
0: Thank you, Davis. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Dinesh is a general when it comes to computer science and technology. He is the co-founder of RecurPost.com, which allows you to repurpose your best updates on social media and uh, it automatically shares your updates at a perfect frequency, thereby saving you hours every week. And increasing your engagement. Dinesh also has a PhD in computer science, which is um, amazing. So I'm really excited to have Dinesh here on the show to share his wisdom, to share his story as an entrepreneur. So Dinesh, just kick us off and give us a little bit about um, you know, who you are outside of business.
0: Right. Um, outside of business, I actually, my passion was acting. But, you know, become, becoming an actor, especially in India, is, is very hard. A professional actor. Yeah. It's very hard because, um, you know, just like U.S., there are so many people who are good at this and they are struggling to get into the mainstream. So I knew that that was not going to be possible. So I quit that after I finished college and I went to corporate, didn't like the corporate culture, went for a Ph.D. And then I figured out that um, I was meant to be an entrepreneur. So finally, I, I had my calling and here we, I am.
1: Nice. And where are you based now, Dinesh?
0: Um, right now, I am in Surat. It's a city in India. It's very close to a popular city named Mumbai.
1: Okay. And your entire family is based out of that place?
0: Yes. That is actually um, the primary reason why I chose this when I came back from the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. And your, your PhD, what was that in? Computer science? What, what were you specializing in?
0: Yes, it was a um, PhD in computer science. And my specialization was uh, cloud computing.
1: Right. Nice. How did you then transition to becoming an entrepreneur and how long have you been full time for yourself?
0: Right. So when I was um, an undergrad, we started a software company, software consultancy firm. We would um, create these small software for local businesses that worked very well and I enjoyed that. But after I finished my undergrad, I went for master's study and uh, I kind of lost that. And I was working on my studies because... Um, you know, it was very difficult because the studies were, were very advanced. Um, so I couldn't do any of those. So I kind of liked that phase. So I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't realize it until um, I went to U.S. for my PhD. A friend of mine or somebody from my school, he was not a friend at that time. He emailed me that he wanted to discuss an idea with, you, with me and see if we could work together on that. So I said, okay, we can talk. So he came to my office. We talked about it. I liked his idea. And actually, I created the algorithm then and there. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know what? This will be cool. We can work on this together. And we started working on that. And uh, we were in Atlanta. Atlanta is a big city. They have a um, good scene for startups there. And there are a lot of events happening around Atlanta, in Atlanta. So I used to um, go to those events. And there I met a lot of people. And they, you know, they were all having the same problem. They had good ideas, but they did not know any technical people um, who could create their ideas for them. So I thought maybe I could solve this problem. And so once I graduated with a PhD, I came back to India to um, follow that, to pursue that idea that, you know, people need help build their ideas. But they don't want to outsource it to freelancers because... It's not reliable, and they can't afford to hire large companies. So I found a way out. That, was, um, that is how I got started with entrepreneurship.
1: Right. And what was that first um, project you worked on? Is that still alive?
0: Um, that's not alive. We had to shut it down because we could not get users to use it. But uh, right. most of the startups failed. And I would like to highlight that after that idea, we have worked on more than 30 projects. Most of them failed. So if you're working on an idea... And if you fail, don't feel bad about it. Just move on to the next idea. You only need one successful idea. So, you know, that's, that's my advice to you.
1: <laughs> I love that, Dinesh. So, 30 projects um, for yourself and your business partners, I guess, are over time. But um, what, what do you think has caused um, those failures? I guess you can, we can learn something from the failures. I'm sure you've been picking up different lessons.
0: Right. So, um, there are a lot of things that I can um, say that, probably are, are not a good way um, to go around an idea. First thing is, mm-hmm. now we don't work on ideas that are marketplaces. You know, that, that will definitely have a chicken and egg problem. So you need the consumers who will consume what you're producing and you will need producers who will need consumers to consume what they are producing. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's what we call the marketplaces. So mm-hmm. if you want to get into that be ready um, for a lot of expensive marketing, or somebody who exactly knows what is to be done there. So if you are new in that front, don't pursue an idea that is a marketplace. That may not be a good first idea for um, a lot of people. Right. So that's one thing. Second, if you are getting um, into an idea with someone who will not be able to contribute a lot of time through their idea, they're just trying it out, you will not have good luck with that. You mm-hmm. want to work with people who are passionate about what they're doing and they really think that this can go someplace. You know, as a technical founder, I know that there, is, there are so many people who want me to build this billion dollar idea for them. They're like, you know what, take this idea, build it and I will give you 2% of this idea. Just build it for me and this is going to a billion dollars. It's still to, um, a lot of money and i'm like you know what <laughs> this is not going to work i i i mean this is not my first rodeo you know yeah so you know it's it's very important that people are passionate about that
1: yeah how important dinesh is having a technical founder on board rather than outsourcing that function when you when you're starting a tech startup
0: so there are two big problems with outsourcing one the person is not um, kind of married to the idea they are married to the money they will make because of Mm. building this product. They may be really good people and they will do really good work. But still, once this is done, they will not be there to make sure that your project is running fine. They will not be sure to make sure that your website is not going down because of something. They will not be there to do the necessary things after they are done. You know, for instance, um, what happened once is we had somebody who bought the domain for us and they forgot to renew it. So one day the domain got expired and they used an email address that they um, don't use very frequently. And this guy was a model. So he was in a different country modeling for a project. And the website went down because the domain was not renewed within the grace period. So we knew that this was not a good idea. So finally we transferred it over um, to our accounts and then made sure that um, the domain was now on auto renewal. But you know, Mm. those are the kind of things. uh, That is one of the things that You will face when you're working with with someone else, you're um, freelancing. Basically, you're giving your work to a freelancer. They may do a good work. I'm not going to say that freelancers are really bad and they will not do a good job. They may do a good job, but you just don't need somebody who will build the product and give it to you. You need somebody who is in it for long term.
1: And That's great. So your model, I guess, leverages off of that and it says, um, what, I'll be your CTO and you don't have to pay me or how does it work?
0: Um, so yes, that is correct. So think of it this way, that you have a freelancer who will be working on it and he is working with me at my company forever, right? So you, when you hire us, you don't pay us money. I don't charge mm-hmm. for my time. But if we have to hire a freelancer, so however many hours we need from that person, you only pay for them and a little bit on top of that for the overhead of running, a pre, uh, running these premises, right? So we have a nice mm-hmm. office here. And other than that, you pay us in equity. So we take equity. So because we don't make money from development itself, we only work on projects that we think um, can go somewhere. That could be tomorrow's Facebook or Google or Amazon. Mm. So that's how our model is different. We are not working on your project because we will make quick money from it. We are working on it because we think this could go someplace.
1: Right. I guess it's a little bit of a high-risk model, isn't it, for you?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And that's why it uh, pays to be very skeptical about what kind of projects we take on. And we only, take, only work on no more than four projects at a time. My personal um, thought is that I can only dedicate two hours a day to one idea. So if I have more than um, four projects, that's more than eight hours a day. And I will not be able to um, do justice to those ideas.
1: Interesting. I love the philosophy. Dinesh, tell me, what are your core revenue streams today?
0: Um, so right now, we have some projects that are making us um, money. For instance, a post that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. it's doing well it's making us enough money to pay the bills even if we don't have any external projects Um, then recently one of our projects new projects that we just started it is about to be funded so we have secured two um, people to fund us and then we are in talks with others who are probably going to write us a check next week so probably this will be a big success and I'll, i'll let you know maybe next week if everything goes through just fine
1: what, what does that do? Can you give us even a little tip of what that thing you've built does?
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, we are trying to replace big ERP software from the manufacturing industry. Okay. So these manufacturers, they are not highly tech-savvy people. So they don't want a software that increases their workload. Mm. They don't want a software that requires them to hire two more people just to operate that software. They need something um, that is so simple that it works. They get that and they sign up, and it starts working for them. And that's it, exactly what we are um, creating right now. So
1: you bring up an interesting topic there. So you you're targeting um, a business rather than consumers. Is is that a deliberate move? Is that where your projects focus on, or that's just what the project that came up and you liked?
0: So usually B two B is easier because um, you don't have to target billions of people, you can target Mm. maybe a few hundred or few thousand people in a particular industry. And if you are successful, um, you'll have a good time with that, right? Mm. B2C Mm. is difficult because then you need certain skills in marketing. You need certain skills in product development that will not come easy to you. If you are only going to serve, let's say a few thousand customers, then it's very easy to um, see the pattern that they will love in your product. And you can build a product that will appeal to them. But when you have to make everyone happy, that's difficult. So we usually prefer B2B projects over B2C.
1: Right, but the manufacturing piece also, I guess, is is niching down a little bit more to big business, right? Rather than small startups,
0: is that right? Um, I would say these are all businesses for sure, but not all of them are really big. We have manufacturers of all sizes, right? So there are people who have maybe a million dollars um, in-year revenue. Then we have people who make about, you know, $100 million. But then we also have people who do about, you know, 500000 or $600,000 a year.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Right.
1: Now, this is good. I'm liking this conversation. Um, I wanted to ask you as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about RecurPost. Um, what does that do? And um, is that one of the most exciting projects you've got on or you got something bigger?
0: Um, so RecurPost... Before I tell you what it does, let me tell you why we built it in the first place. Okay, great. So like I told you, we have worked on um, about 30 projects, right? And most of those startups that we created had a single problem. We have built it, but how will they come if they don't know about us? So Mm. we had to do something to get the word out. And it was getting very challenging because we just did not know. And the startups, they did not have money to spend Thousands of dollars on paid ads, so we had to look for different avenues. There were different avenues like uh, posting guest posts on someone's blog, leaving comments yep. of people's blog where it was relevant, um, or getting a word out through social media. Everything mm-hmm. else required uh, manual labor and it was very intensive, right? Um, so if you want to write a good blog, it will take you a few days and then you post it at some place then you can't give the same um, thing to someone else. So it was very labor heavy, um, but social media was something that was easy. And that's where a lot of our users, our potential customers were hanging out. So we thought, why don't we start utilizing that in a way that they know what we are um, doing, what we are building and how we can help them. So we started testing with social media. We tried a lot of things and whatever worked, We took a note of that. Finally, we put all of that in a package and we started using that internally. Then, although most of our startups failed, they all said that, you know, Post or this tool that you have, this will become successful. Why don't you create a startup out of it? And I said, hmm, that makes sense. So we said, okay, let's try to do that. So we did that. We put a payment wall behind it and we said, okay, let's try it out. And people started liking it. So what it essentially does is it allows you to create your social updates, updates that you want to share with your audience on social media like Facebook, Google+, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you create different libraries. So, libraries are like categories. So, you say, these are my funny posts, these are my product tutorials, these are my features, and then you set a schedule for each of these categories. For instance, you could say, post one funny post in the afternoon post one of my features every day in the evening and I need one of my blog posts going out on all my social accounts every Monday. So mm-hmm. you do that and then we start going through your categories or libraries and start, take one update, post it, take the next update and post it. Once an update goes out, is it goes and sits at the end of the library to be posted again when everything else from that library has been posted. So if you have created decent amount of content, you will not be repeating Frequently, So, for instance, something that gets shared today will only be shared after, let's say, a few weeks or months. So, people who saw it last time will probably um, not see it again. So, every time you share it, it will be um, shown to a totally new audience. And this way, it will keep bringing you a good amount of tra- traffic every time you share it.
1: Okay. How does that differ from, you know, like the one that comes to my mind is like Buffer or one of those sort of yeah, scheduling tools?
0: So Buffer is amazing, um, no doubt about that. So a lot of Buffer users, they ask them that, you know, we need this feature, just what I explained, that we should be able to also repurpose our content. Right now, you schedule something with Buffer, it goes out, and then it's gone. If you want to share the same thing after a few months, you have to again schedule it. So Buffer it. said, okay, we will build that. They started building that, but then but then decided that, um, this did not align well with their product market fit. So they said, we will not be building that. And actually they said, here is an alternative. And they mentioned Ricker Post there. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you go to Buffer's page, you'll see that RickerPost mentioned as an alternative for that um, feature.
1: Oh good job. Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking at your um your plans and, you know, what... What you can achieve out of, say, the standard plan. Um, So you got three social accounts, you got 100 recurring updates, 10 daily posts per account. So you've got, I don't know how many customers you've got um, on Recur Posts at the moment, but what are the learnings that you're drawing from there? Like, you know, I know there's, uh, for instance, if we talk Instagram, I'm sure you, you're, you're using that as a platform. Um, somebody, somebody coaches to say you need to do at least maybe, you know, maybe five to eight posts in a day in order to, to rapidly grow an audience. Uh, like if you're just doing a single post a day, that's better than zero, but you've got to really amp it up quite a lot. What, what have you seen from your data?
0: So what we see is there is no one size fits all. Mm. It depends on your industry. And it depends on your audience. We have seen some people who share a tweet every half an hour. So they are sending about 45 to 50 tweets a day. And then there are people who are sending two to three tweets. And uh, of these two groups, we see similar kind of engagement. Mm. So if you know your audience, it's good to do that. But what we also allow you to do is um, change. You can change things around. You can say, okay... Next week I'm going to start posting 10 tweets a day and see how it goes or I will start sharing 10 updates on Facebook and see how it goes and then we will tell you how was your last week compared to previous week and then you can do the A-B test and find out for yourself. But there is no one size fits all. Usually it's um, actually it's in the opposite direction when you see B2C and B2B. So for B2B um, weekdays tend to do better and on for b2c weekends are actually better very
1: interesting now you said this idea came about because of you know the 30 startups that you have helped and them gaining gaining traction into in the market penetration you found a solution through social media and um what did this do for some of your companies that you're you know cto co-founder for
0: right so we were continuously seeing more traffic so whenever we um did the right kind of sharing at right time um, on the right channel, we were able to consistently, invariably increase our traffic by 30
1: to 40%. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this is just, and, and what were you doing with that traffic and how did you have that set up that, that maximized the the benefit of RecurPost, do you
0: think? So usually in that case, what you need to do is you need to choose your landing page precisely. That mm. this is going to be my landing page and this is how I'm going to... Um, convert customers. So you need to do a lot of A-B tests to make sure that the buttons that you expect them to press are being pressed. If not, you may need to position, your, reposition your, your buttons correctly.
1: So walk me through a good funnel that you've seen. So we're on, I don't know, Facebook and we've posted an article that we've created or
0: that someone else has created. I think yours does that too, is that right? Um, so what we do is we usually don't write blogs right now because we are a small startup, but we do share good articles from others. So um, we do that, but in the mix, we also tell them that this is a benefit of using record posts. So that, those kind of posts. So let's say you shared something on Twitter or Facebook, right? Someone sees that, okay, this tool does that. So let me check. So they click on that, they go to a page, on that page, you try to get them to sign up. We try to get them for uh, sign up for record post and because we have a free plan we tell them that it's free you can sign up and if you don't like it you don't have to do anything right so yeah. i think our conversion is is very good um i may be mistaken here because i haven't seen the numbers recently but i believe we were at 60% to 70% conversion
1: that's pretty high
0: that is pretty high yes i have not seen um that kind of conversion in any other product so far
1: and how are you tracking, you know, customized and revenue-wise on on RecurPost? We mm-hmm.
0: we use Google Analytics for tracking, and uh, we track the customer behavior to see, and then we match it with some customer parameters that we add.
1: Okay, you've got free and paid. Right. There's two philosophies around this. Some say don't don't have free because the free will never convert to paid. Um. Some say if you just have paid you know, the take up will be will be very little and you know you you don't have a database to, to market to. So what have you found? What's working for you?
0: Um so we did not follow though any of those two when we decided on plans. Our philosophy was what do we want to do? What do we want to achieve with Ricker Post? We wanted to give these small businesses, startups like we are, a level playing field with these big guys. Mm. So we thought what will be sufficient for a new startup for a company that cannot afford a social media manager or that cannot afford to pay um, for a big software right like our competitors at that time started at around $80 a month when we started right so we thought maybe this will be good so a new startup will have probably two to three profiles social media profiles and they would want to post maybe around 10 updates a day so That's how we created our free plan, that our free plan is sufficient for a one-man show.
1: I like it. So, that's part of your, I guess, just giving back to entrepreneurship in general, really.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: That's good. That's really good. Uh, I love that philosophy. Yeah. Thank you. How did you know that um, the idea
0: would work? Um, So, I had seen one more startup that was doing something similar and uh, I like their idea. But then I saw that people were complaining to them that, hey, you know what? We need this feature. We can't use your tool without this feature. And this has been going on and on for a long time. And I wondered why are they not doing this? Then I realized that company was not a developer-focused company. That company was marketing-focused. So they believed in marketing than developing. So I thought that this is not good. I mean, they are charging a lot of money and they're not doing justice to their customers. So there was definitely a need for um, this tool. And we already had something similar that we were using internally. So it wouldn't um, take us a lot of effort to put this out. So, you know, that's how we put it out.
1: Very good. So you've researched a little bit of the competition and where the gaps are and found a a better solution. Right, right. And uh, what's your growth strategy at the moment?
0: So right now we're doing a lot of things. One, we're using Record post to grow ourselves. You know, we, um, we do what we preach. Um, and then we are using social media heavily to get customers to visit us because we know that if they visit us, we're getting a good conversion. So we'll be able to convert them really hard. Then we are also connecting with social media influencers on different channels to have them test our product out and then have them, you know, talk to their um, followers that this is something that we have used, we like it. And because it has a free version, it appeals to a lot of their customers that if you can't pay, you can even use it for free. And uh, we also have a generous affiliate program. So they have an incentive if they like the software to introduce it to their audience.
1: Right. What is the um, take up when you look at when somebody comes in on the free platform for, I don't know, a couple of months, they try it out, they like it, what causes them to trigger into, into a paid plan so that you actually start to generate an income from it as a business owner?
0: So, um, one of the features that free plan doesn't have is video uploads. So, when they need to upload videos, that is one thing that we have seen people convert. Some people, their strategy, social strategy is based on their own videos. So, for them, they have to upgrade second we have seen is people keep adding stuff to their library and we only allow 100 recurring updates in the libraries for the free plan so they outgrow that and they resist the urge to upgrade for some time because they think they can't afford but then they see the benefit they are making um, by using recur post and they upgrade so most of our upgrades are coming because of this that they outgrow their free plan and that that's exactly how we like them to upgrade you know you love a product and then you see that if you upgrade, you'll get more features, more access, and that means more traffic to you.
1: And what are the main platforms you're on?
0: So we are on face- Facebook, Google+, LinkedIn, Twitter. And then we're adding Instagram soon.
1: And YouTube, or is that not possible?
0: Um, you mean uh, where do we post through RikirPulse, right? Correct. Um, so we don't do re- uh, YouTube yet um, because YouTube is... I'm not sure we we don't think of YouTube as a social media platform, even mm. though it is. But we have <laughs> never thought of social uh, YouTube as a social media platform.
1: Okay, interesting. Okay, that's good. But but you're on Facebook, I guess, which is still still the biggest. And then um, LinkedIn right. is is pretty is pretty big on the professional scene and on the B two B scene. So so that's kind of ticking the two main boxes in that in that arena. Um, so right. that's great. How about the, the business side of things? Can you share some numbers for, for, for RecurPost? Where are you up to now and what are some of
0: your goals? Yeah, sure. So right now we are um, about to hit $100,000 a year. Um, maybe in, in by the end of this month or halfway through the next month, we should be there. And our goal is to um, get to about $150,000, $200,000 by the end of this year.
1: That's good. And you, when did you start out? You, about a year ago?
0: August, August 2016. Yes.
1: So that's that's good traction. And um, how big is your
0: team? Um. So the team is not that big. Actually, it's pretty small. We have two developers, one designer, one customer support person, and then I am there.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So if somebody is listening and they're saying, Dinesh, I, I've got a brilliant idea. You know, it's totally different from what you're doing, but it kind of achieves... Um, it requires kind of similar platforms and reaching similar types of audiences. And and they were coming to you, which I'm sure people come to you all the time, as you were saying before. What kind of budget are we looking at to create something, you know, that does different, maybe different audience, different platform, different things, but similar technology, like what a Recur- Recurpo's business is doing? Um, what sort of dollars would you say people need to be ready to invest?
0: So, this depends on what kind of developers, designers, and uh, other skills we need. But usually, um, from my experience, to average things out, mm-hmm. and again, um, I hope no one will hold me to it, but usually $2,000 to $2,500 a month, that's good enough. And usually for the um, MVP, it takes anywhere from a month to two if the idea is not very complex.
1: Right. How does it change when you're looking at app development or does it change at all?
0: It it doesn't really change. It's almost the same thing. So be it an app or a web app. But yes, if you want both, then the um, things add up because you have different developers for web and you have different developers for apps.
1: How are you seeing the market if we talk apps? Because I, I literally had a conversation last week with somebody that I mentor, and they were saying to me, "I've got an idea for an app, and I think there's a lot of money in app development." And I was like, "Hmm."
0: Um, so yes, there is a lot of money because the apps that we have built um, for the same budget, two thousand dollars or um, some per month or something similar, companies in US quoted them hundred thousand or hundred thousand, one hundred twenty thousand dollars or something similar. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there is money to be made. <laughs> Give me
1: an example of a, an app that has been successful or that you've built or something that you've seen recently that can inspire somebody out there who's, who's got ideas around this this space.
0: Right. So um, we created an app called Zoned In. It's zonedinapp.com. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool idea and it's working fine. We have, I think, close to 50,000 users now. And our users are um, addicted to our app. So this is, this is something that we created and it's working really well. Mm. What, yeah. what does it do? Um, what it does is, you know, we have a big problem that kids these days, they are at home playing video games instead of going out and playing real games, right? So we did a combination of two. So you go out, you skate, you know, on your skateboard, mm-hmm. you do the tricks that we tell you. So we have this game like in a video game and you have different levels. Each level has a set of tricks. So we teach you how to perform that trick. You perform it on your skateboard and you videotape yourself or you record yourself on your phone while you're doing it and you upload it to the app. We will not only show it to everyone in the world that you did that app, we will give you experience points as you finish tricks and levels. And as you finish tricks, you jump to the next levels. You finally finish a world, you enter the next world. And uh, a lot of people who use that app Mm. Have now been um, funded by these giant companies. What? <laughs> they have been, yeah, they have been, you know, like um, they are their brand ambassadors, they have gotten in sponsorship deals and whatnot.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. And one of the guys actually, um, he comes from a town of I think 600 people from US mm. and he is number one on our app. So, you know, this is hidden talent. And I think he recently. <laughs> got sponsored by one of the big skateboarding companies so we helped him yeah. get to the world scale wow 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 and what's what's the revenue model for you guys um, so what we do is we allow companies to pay us every month to host a mini game for them so people can play that mini game and every time someone finishes that mini game we send a coupon code to that person we also give these companies access to those people Who play their games they can communicate with them via a separate portal for companies
1: okay and that's the only revenue stream you got on that
0: yes we do not make money from advertising or or any any other way
1: and and how does that compare with the investment that went in and the investment that you're currently putting in to maintain
0: so we're not doing that well we are kind of breaking even but we're not making a lot of money but you know we're still happy that this is something that We're getting new users every day and this is mostly through word of mouth because we're not spending any money or we don't have any money to spend on advertising.
1: Right. Interesting, interesting. Um, How could you turn that around revenue-wise or is that not really part of your plan?
0: So, to turn that around, um, we will need um, money to advertise through the right channels because the skateboarding community, it's not a very large community. So we know exactly where to advertise to get the word out. And because we have a product that is kind of addicting for kids, once they come in, they will love it. And their parents will love it too, because instead of sitting um, on a couch, you're now going out and doing physical activity. So that that's if we had a little bit of investment there, um, we could definitely, um, you know, speed up the growth. We are growing for sure uh, week after week, month after month. But we could um, expedite that if we had uh, investment.
1: So, and I I know I'm I'm overdwelling on this, but it's intriguing to me. But if you charge, I don't know, a dollar for a subscription, do you think the take-up
0: won't be there? We don't know, but we don't believe in charging um, our users. Mm -hmm. We think that we are something similar to Facebook. Like if Facebook started charging, let's say, a dollar a month for um, using Facebook, would people continue to use that? I don't know. Maybe some will, maybe some won't. But I I don't know. So we have never thought about that. I hear you. And again, we are a small company, right? So we can't um, try all all these things. It's very hard to try all these things. We can only do what's working. For for instance, right now, what we are doing is working fine. We are are growing. And uh, if we got some money, we would put it in the right channels. We will hire some salespeople and we will grow both ways. If we don't, then we will continue to sell by ourselves and uh, we will grow slowly. But, you know, we are expecting that hockey curve that eventually will will grow um, fast once we reach a certain level.
1: Yeah. And you never know what happens tomorrow, right? Anything
0: can happen. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Now, just a little bit of understanding on how the... App Store works. So, any subscriber that comes on board, do you get to have them onto your house database in terms of email and information, etc., that you can reach out to them?
0: Um, so, if they download our app, they have to sign up for our app. So, in the process of signing up, we ask them for their information. Email address is not mandatory, but in most cases, we get it. Hmm. Okay,
1: so at least you're, it's a lead generator for you and down the track you can use that 50,000 strong database for, for different things.
0: Right, that is true. Mm.
1: Now, Dinesh, you, you went out and you spent, I don't know how long you spent getting a PhD um, over at, uh, was it Georgia State you mentioned? Uh,
0: yeah, it was Georgia State University, Atlanta. Yeah,
1: and, and how many years was that all up?
0: Four and a half years.
1: Four and a half years plus your undergrad. Yeah. I'm assuming you spent another three or four years doing your.
0: So four of undergrad, two years of masters, and four and a half of PhD.
1: Mate, you're kidding me. So that's like ten years, <laughs> ten years to get your PhD, and um, and then how long did you did you use that PhD for? Sort of in the in the corporate world, which is the the normal transition route.
0: So after my PhD, I did not go um, for a job. I worked after I finished my master's in India, but not after my PhD. During my PhD, I knew I was going to um, start this company. And uh, the day I graduated, I flew the next day back to India.
1: Right. And uh, what was the feedback from, you know, close friends and family?
0: Well, some of them liked it. Some of them did not believe me when I told them I am back in India. And they're like, nobody does that. Come on. <laughs> and I was like, no, seriously, I am in India. And they're like, come on, when are you coming back? And I'm like, no, I'm not coming back. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. And, you know, my family was happy because um, I was closer to them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, friends were happy, too. They were like, yeah, you, you know, because I always knew that if I put my mind to something, I'll be able to do it. And then they kind of trusted me. You know, I was I was not like a naughty kid. I was a good kid. So they knew how to figure things out. Yeah. yeah.
1: What about fear of failure? Didn't you think, what if it doesn't work?
0: That's actually a good point. Um, but during my PhD, I started testing with Google AdSense. And I um, created some projects. And I figured out their algorithm, how to rank things. And I tried to, you know... Um, Find my ways around it so that my website will start ranking. So my website started ranking, and I started making money. So if I'm not wrong, I think I probably made close to two hundred thousand dollars by the time I was done wow. uh, my, with my PhD. So I had that kind of money saved um, that I could have used to, you know, fuel the um, time if if we failed. So even if we failed, <laughs> two hundred thousand goes a long way in India.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, and. So what what was that that was generating you that ranking? What 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 website was that that we were using?
0: Oh, a lot of websites that they weren't good website. They were like um, very poorly written content, poorly generated links. But then we managed to um, rank them. So they were not something that I would be proud to show you. You know. So so you were consulting? Is it? No no no. I was creating these websites like blogs. You know. Right. Let's say um, I wrote a blog about how to fix a bicycle or how to, you know, how to fly a plane or something like that. Uh-huh. Something that, that was, um, you know, nothing that you anyone couldn't do. Anyone could do it. And uh, then that started bringing money. So I started exploring it more in my free time. And I would barely spend any time. And then it started making money. So I just had to sit and collect the checks.
1: So this is mainly ads, right?
0: That was mainly ads. So it it all stopped now. I stopped working on that, and probably after like a year or so of me stopping working on them, they were gone because they needed active monitoring, and uh, I did not have time for those things.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's uh, talk about some of your other income generating projects at the moment that you you believe you know might have some some life in in terms of growth in the future. Are there any others other than RecurPost?
0: Yes, we have. Um, What I said, we have this project for manufacturing. This one, we already have customers as well. Um, So this one will probably be a good one. Mm -hmm. Then we have another project called Crick Nation. It's for, um, I'm not sure if you are aware of the uh, game called cricket. Mm -hmm. It's like baseball, but it's an Indian version of baseball or a lot of countries actually play cricket. So we have an app around that. And then um, we have another project called Flippiness. What Flippiness does is it finds opportunities to make money. For instance, let's say Amazon is selling a book at $20 and there is a website called Chegg, which buys books from you. They are buying the same book at 30 So we tell you that you can buy this book at 20 from Amazon and sell it to Chegg for 30 and make 10 bucks. So that project is, is doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how we're making money
1: interesting that's really good Um, if we look, if we look at breakthrough moments when um, when do you think you had your biggest breakthrough moment to date
0: interesting well we had a product called Fan Harvest okay Mm. it was I think in 2011 that we started working on it and it was doing well we were making decent amount of money um, and it was it started growing within like two or three months and it was growing so well that we were at Like these um, big events, and people were like, "Okay, this looks pretty good." We had people who were interested in investing in a few months, and you know, all things, all good things that a startup dreams of were happening. Right. And one fine morning, I wake up uh, and I see an email from Facebook's lawyers that you gotta shut it down. Wow. So, although it was very disappointing, I was you know shocked, but that was, I think, kind of a breakthrough that doesn't matter who you are, you can actually get noticed. <laughs> so, you know, I was not nobody, right? Yeah. Like who knew me before that point? But then I did something that actually um, created waves among the big guys.
1: What upset them about your fan harvest?
0: So what we were doing with fan harvest is um, you give us who are your competitors. We will go through their Facebook page. We will look at who are the people who are liking or commenting on their posts? And we will take those users and we will tell them that these are the users, here are their Facebook IDs, you can advertise to them. So instead of targeting um, wildly, that you know, target to everybody with this demographic or that demographic, you are now targeting only those people who are commenting or liking your competitors' posts.
1: Okay, so that's very. That has Does the algorithm that Facebook used now bl- uh, disallow that kind
0: of thing? Yes, yes. So now if you want to upload um, an audience, custom audience as they call that, if you want to upload IDs, create a custom audience by using IDs, you have to tell Facebook which app was used um, to get those IDs. And uh, every app has a different user id now so you can't use the same um, algorithm anymore can can you do it manually yourself i I don't think so because those people they need to give your app permission to share their information with others and only then facebook will let you create a custom audience that way
1: got it i love the takeaway that you took away from that saying you know you 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 know you were not known but you created something that was little but you know it caught the attention of you know, Facebook lawyers, and we know they've got billions of dollars to spend. So, um, you know, you were almost having a big breakthrough in that in that business, and then it, it all went. We had to shut it
0: down. Yeah. So how? Yeah, we had to shut it down.
1: What about just the negative feeling out of that? How did that make you feel?
0: Yeah, it, it didn't help. It. I was kind of depressed after that, um, but you know, I'm over it now. So. Now I have things going and I know exactly where not to go. We were not like intentionally going after Facebook or trying to violate their terms of services. It was a mistake. So we learned from that and, and um, we thought that, okay, well, this was a good learning. We know exactly what not to do in future. Yeah, But, you know, it was still depressing.
1: <laughs> Very good. Um, what has been, um, you know, some of the learnings in terms of your... Well, let's maybe let's say your lowest moment yeah, when you were building post.
0: So the lowest moment was um, we have this free plan, right? So right now you see that we only allow people to share 10 tweets a day, yeah. right? Or 10 posts a day on any platform. Earlier, we did not have that limit. So on all our plans, you could send unlimited updates. And some people misused that feature. They started s- spamming Reddit, <laughs> With um, betting and pornish tweets, in, like right. crazy, crazy number of tweets in a day. Some people were sharing about thousand tweets a day,
1: Ooh.
0: right? So Twitter noticed that and they blocked us. They said, "You know what? Your app has been used, is being used to spam Twitter. That's why we are taking your app off." And I was like, "Hold on! Don't do that. That will kill my entire uh, business." Yeah. Let me do this. I'll make these changes. And only then I'll let you know, you review it, and then you um, put us back on. And luckily, I, I knew the right people at Twitter, and they were like, okay, we could do that. So um, that worked for us. Mm. So the next day, we were back on.
1: Wow, that was, that was a close one. And um, I guess yeah. yeah, you've picked up on those lessons and uh, remodeled your, your, your plans, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely.
1: Um, do you invest in mentors, Dinesh?
0: Um, So I did not have to invest, but I do have a mentor. He's a good friend. He had an exit with a startup. I started reading. Um, So actually the way we met is um, I was looking for a solution to a problem I had on Stack Overflow, And I posted about it. He was the one who answered it. And then I realized that he actually created a tool that I could use for my PhD. So I bought that tool. And that's how we started um, talking to each other. And then I started reading his blogs and um, started, you know, learning things. And then when I came to India, I emailed him that, you know, I would love to meet you. And he was very generous. He was like, yeah, why don't you come over? And I went over. I stayed with him for a day or two. Then, you know, it just like we are kind of friends and he's a mentor too. But other than that, I have not invested into mentors.
1: Mm, Nice. That's great. And what about um, yeah. best two books that you've read that you feel are great for entrepreneurs?
0: Um, so right now I'm reading a book called Organized Mind. This one is a pretty good book. If, I mean, it's not particularly about startups, but it is about how your mind works, how your brain works, how to organize it, how to um, become more productive. And I think for startups, it's very important because the way we work, we are um, prone to get ADSD. Mm. This book actually helps you avoid that.
1: Got it. Okay. Organized Mind. Who, who's who's the writer of that? The author.
0: It's Daniel Levitin. The Organized Mind.
1: Awesome. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what's the the best way, Dinesh, for people to connect with you?
0: Um, the best way is email. Just email me at dinesh at recurpost.com. dot com. That works.
1: Okay. You've talked about people being able to you know go and get access to Recur Post, checking it out on the on the free version. What Um, Do you have anything that you wanted to share in terms of where people can find it and any specials that you might have for our listeners?
0: Yeah, sure. Here is what I'm going to do. Um, All your readers, if they sign up for Record Post, they can use a source coupon code that will give them 50% off for three months. You, you You can tell me what you want that coupon code to be and I'll set it up.
1: Okay, great. We'll, we'll link it up in the show notes. So anybody who wants to go and access that um, at RecurPost, we'll, we'll link it up in the show notes. Just go to com forward slash Dinesh A, that's D-I-N-E-S-H-A, and we'll have a link for you to access that. Really appreciate that, Dinesh. Um, before I ask my last question, you know, I really want to acknowledge um, your heart and your mission that I've heard here today uh, of wanting to be an impact in the business world and you know investing into the entrepreneurs um helping them you know have a free account, being able to generate all this social media attention, giving them that level playing field. A lot of entrepreneurs, maybe the first thing they want to do is generate income, but you're kind of putting that income goal on the bench for a little bit. Um, so I think that is a great thing and I love the philosophy that you're approaching all of that with that mindset of abundance. And I really appreciate you coming onto this show for sharing your words of wisdom and just walking us through your story. I know somebody somewhere has been inspired and hopefully one day we'll get a comment somewhere and i be able to say, hey Dinesh, remember when we caught up, Here's the feedback. Somebody <laughs> something from your inspiration. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Davis. It was a pleasure um, being with you, talking to you.
1: Yeah. Now, for the last question, when all is said and done, yeah. what legacy do you want to leave? If you think about legacy, what do you want to be remembered for and tell us why?
0: Right. Um, so I think I want to be remembered as a guy who started without any kind of support or inheritance in terms of money or technology who built it, everything on his own, and he did it with a good heart and for the people. Somebody who was successful, even though his main goal was not to maximize his wealth.
1: I love it. So, somebody who's started with no inheritance, both technology or finance. Nobody has ever said a technology inheritance um, deficit. So, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, David. Um, awesome. Now this brings us to the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging out with me and Dinesh today. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I hope you got your hopes up that you can make a splash and that you are good enough to chase your dreams. Head on over to businessgenerals.com for all the show notes and for um the highlight reel, we prepare a special highlight reel for this interview so you don't have to, you know, take notes. We're gonna do all that for you. Go to businessgenerals.com forward slash Dinesh, A-D-I-N-E-S-H-A, and you'll be able to access all that show notes information. From there, um, connect with Dinesh. Dinesh, run that. Um, connect, email again, pass this again.
0: It's Dinesh, D-I-N-E-S-H, at the rate, record post, dot com.
1: Fantastic! Thank you so much. Dinesh, thank you for being on the Business Generals Podcast today and for sharing your story with us. Absolutely grateful. You are a true Business General.
0: Thank you, Davis. You're a great host. I had fun. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
1: Hey, what's up, Business Generals family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Generals Podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.